Hello and welcome to week two of our series Greater Than. My name is Ben, I'm one of the leaders here at The Forge. Each year we take some time out on Sundays to revisit our vision. Last week our senior leader Steve shared about invitation. I'll hand over to him now as he expands on our plans for the coming year. Thank you so much for joining. If you're watching online, again, welcome to you. Really, really pleased. Uh, Last week, we kicked off this Greater Than series uh, by looking at um, contributing is greater than consuming. And I said something which, to be honest, I didn't think was controversial, but has definitely proved to be so. I said that dogs were greater than cats. (laughs) I, I truly still believe that despite getting home, checking my mobile phone and finding that I'm being stalked on Instagram by a cat. This came up. Mad to have a cat. I am, I'm being stalked by that. I then got, looked at my uh, Facebook page and uh, sure enough, someone had sent uh, an article um, uh, giving information about how having cats can help people uh, with uh, mental health issues. And then, off the back of that, I then saw this. And I just thought, that is a weak argument. That is a very weak argument, okay? So I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. Listen, whether it's cats or dogs, whether it's tea or coffee, whether it's Chinese or Indian, there is normally a choice that for us personally would stand out as greater than the other. And that's always just down to preference. But what I've also come to discover in life is that sometimes... It's not just about preference, that sometimes one thing is greater than another. And that is no much, um, uh, not so much, uh, no, it, this is so valid when it comes to the theme for today. The theme for today is courage is greater than comfort. If you don't believe me, if you've been listening to the news um, yesterday and today, uh, you will have heard about the um, atrocity that's happened in Christchurch in New Zealand. And they will have picked up on families who have been affected. But whoever is spoken about, it's never because they were comfortable. You will just hear these stories. In fact, as I was traveling to church today, I was hearing of uh, one young man who ran to try and take out the shooter there in the mosque and got shot as he was making his way there. He wasn't opting for comfort. He was choosing courage over comfort. Why? Because courage is greater than comfort. This last week, um, I had an evening in, and I so enjoyed it, so Sarah and I decided to watch uh, a movie, and it was my choice, so it wasn't horror. And um, uh, I decided, honestly, my wife just loves horror movies, zombies, anything about zombies, she is there. Pray for her. Um, uh, But so anyway, it was my choice, and so uh, we chose to watch uh, Hacksaw Ridge, Hacksaw Ridge is about a guy called Desmond Doss. And Desmond Doss is a Seventh-day Adventist, which means that um, uh, he would still hold the day that we would set apart, which is Sunday. They would still hold that as uh, a Saturday, the Sabbath. So it's the Seventh-day Adventist. And uh, he joined uh, the US Army once the um, Pearl Harbor 
bombings had happened. And he wanted to become a medic within the US Army. And so he went through his training. Uh, and he hit an issue when it came to them handing out guns because because of his faith, he would refuse to touch or shoot because he would say that killing was wrong. Well, Obviously, his um, uh, superiors didn't like the route that he was taking, so they tried to throw him out of the army on mental health issues, but they couldn't because it was on faith-based issues, not on mental health issues. Uh, And so basically, even though he wouldn't leave, um, uh, he got beaten up, he was arrested for insubordination, he was taken to a court where it was very likely that he was going to be sent to jail. But he won that case, and so he was allowed to go and fight without a gun, without a weapon, without any way to um, uh, protect himself. And he was assigned to the battle of um, Okiawana, where they had to secure this place called Hacksaw Ridge. Take a look at the intro. What the hell is your delay, Captain? We're waiting, sir. Waiting for what? Private Doss. Who the hell is Private Doss? I was dreaming about being a doctor, but I uh, didn't get much school. I can't stay here while all them go fight for me. Would you figure this war is just going to fit in with your ideas? While everybody else is taking life, I'm going to be saving it. That's going to be my way to serve. This is a personal gift from the United States government designed to bring death to the enemy. Oh, I'm sorry, Sergeant. I can't touch a gun. You don't kill. No, sir. You know, quite a bit of killing does occur in war. Private Doss does not believe in violence. Do not look to him to save you on the battlefield. I don't think this is a question of religion. I think this is cowardice. I'll fly with you because you weren't like anyone else. Saying you could go to prison. But I don't know how I'm gonna live with myself if I don't stay true to what I believe. With the world so set on tearing itself apart, doesn't seem like such a bad thing to me to want to put a little bit of it back together. Private Doss, you are free to run into the hellfire of battle without a single weapon to protect yourself. When the order came to retreat because uh, the Japanese were overrunning them with soldiers, one man stayed, and that was Desmond Doss. 
And um, while all the others retreated back down the ridge, he stayed up there and he searched and he searched and he could hear the cries of the injured. And as the Japanese were going around shooting the injured, um, he, would, um, he would hide from them and then find one of the uh, soldiers and he would drag them to the edge and he'd put a rope around them and he would lower them down. And you could see his hands were getting sore and sore as he was allowing the rope to slip through as he lowered each of these soldiers down. Uh, and the story is incredible. It's based on a true story. At the end of the movie, you get to see Desmond uh, Doss speaking about um, what he went through. And I just loved that prayer that he kept on praying near the end of the movie. And he says, Lord, help me get one more. Lord, help me get one more. And he would head back into the battlefield, risking his own life again to take another wounded soldier and lower him down. In fact, during that time, he saved 75 people single-handedly by lowering them down Hacksaw Ridge on a rope. He was the first conscientious objector in US history to be awarded the Medal of Honor for his courage. And as I watched the film, I've seen the film, I think it's three times now, I like it that much. The film impacts me every single time because his courage, his desire to see more lives saved, his willingness to put his life on the line as he prays, Lord, help me get one more. And it struck me the first time I watched it, the second time, and again this last week. It struck me with our mission as a church to help people find and follow Jesus. How passionate am I still of, of seeing people saved, of seeing people find Jesus? How comfortable have I become just of being happy with how church is? And is there that desperate plea to say, Lord, give me one more. Let me help one more. And so I fall a long way short which is why you need to know this message today is as much for me, if not more for me, than for anyone else here. Because it's about courage over comfort. You see, our mission as a church, as I talked about last week, and if you weren't here last week, you can catch up online. Uh, likewise, if you're watching and you weren't um, able to tune in last week, do, do go onto our catch-up uh, and be able to find out uh, what was said last week. But our mission as a church is to help people to find and to follow Jesus. That's why we exist. And Dave very kindly introduced to us uh, again what our vision is as a church. Who is it that we're wanting to become and our vision is this, it's to be a church community that unchurched people love to be part of. And when we use that word unchurched, some people don't like it and I don't, don't know whether I do really, uh, but it's certainly a phrase which I think um, helps us to understand basically unchurched is someone who hasn't grown up in church or, or, or been part of a church community before or has had time away from the church community where perhaps they've, they've chosen to turn their back on church uh, for a while. And so we want to be a church community that either those that haven't been used to church or used to go to church but gave up on church, we want to be a community that those people are welcomed. Now, if you've come from another church, you're very welcome to, of course you are. But, but, but our vision is to be seeing more people. Why? Because we want to see people find and follow Jesus. And we believe that God does that through this thing called the local church. And do you know what? To have a vision like that takes courage because it means choosing something beyond ourselves. 
You see, I think it's really easy to come to church and be comfortable. So we sing songs that we like. Uh, We can chat to our friends afterwards. As we head home, we consider whether we got something from church today. Because they're the conversations that take place, aren't they? Did you get anything today? But actually, I think it's so much more than that. Because how many of us rate church on what we're able to give? On how we were able to connect with some new people? How we were able to make new people feel at home? Or or people who have had a rough week um, uh, feel connected again? I wonder whether we rate church as to how many people we've reached out to and shared during the week. A lady called Brené Brown, who's a doctor and uh, a researcher, uh, she said this, that integrity is choosing courage over comfort, choosing what's right over what's fun, fast or easy, and choosing to practice our values rather than simply professing them. I think that's so profound. Integrity is choosing courage over comfort, choosing to practice our values rather than simply professing them. What would that look like if we lived that out as a church? Rather than just saying, oh, we're a church, a community that unchurched people love to be part of. Rather than just saying that, that we do something about it. Because you see, for us as a church, we hugely value welcoming unchurched people, people who have not been part of church or people who have been away from church. And we want our church community, uh, whether here on Sundays, whether in our 10-month groups, whether um, uh, our hashtag four weekends, to be places where unchurched people can connect, can feel welcomed, can feel valued, can um, ask their questions, can live with doubts and express them and not feel judged in any way. And for us as a church, we want to do all we can to break down the barriers that stand between people connecting with Jesus. Now, we can't take away every barrier, obviously, only God can do that. But we can remove as many obstacles as we can for allowing people to encounter Jesus. So we work on giving people a welcome, which is why we have people out in the car park. We have people, um, as you walk in, we want to make sure that people feel valued, knowing that they are welcomed uh, here amongst our community. It's why we have coffee afterwards, to enable people to mix so that people feel welcomed. We use language which is accessible so that everyone can understand and engage. We very rarely talk about the blood of the Lamb. Now, the blood of the lamb, as in the blood of Jesus, is so important. But doesn't that sound weird? (laughs) The blood of the lamb. And so what we try to do is to make our language as inclusive as possible as we communicate the the truth of Jesus. We believe that coming as we are is absolutely vital. So we haven't got to pretend if we've had a bad week. Uh, We haven't got to pretend that everything is fine. We want to create environments where people can be honest and authentic. We want the teaching series that we do on Sundays to be fun, to be uh, practical, to be helpful for everyday life. And what we do on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook is fun, it's helpful, it's engaging. Now, everything we do matters. And it goes towards this vision 
to be a church community that unchurched people love to be part of. Let me put a photo up here on the screen uh, for you to see. There is a family. They um, live uh, in Thurston, or they, they certainly go to the Thurston uh, congregation. I actually think they live in Stowmarket. And this is um, Paul on the right and Karen uh, on the left. We had a Paul and Karen story last week. We've got another Paul and Karen story this week. So if you're another Paul and Karen, just tell me your story and next week I'm sorted for me talk. Is that all right? But Paul and Karen um, Austin, now uh, Karen was invited uh, to church uh, back in, I think it was 2014, uh, by her friend uh, called Claire, Claire Walsh, who's part of the church there. Uh, And she came along with the kids, and I think Paul came for that first week too. Uh, And uh, Karen kept on coming. Uh, And she did the Alpha course. She became a Christian. She was baptized. She's now leading a 10-month group uh, over there at Forge uh, Thurston. And her life has been uh, turned around by Jesus. And she would tell you that. And it's really, really exciting. Her husband, Paul, has definitely been a bit more cautious. And so while Karen was coming, Paul uh, decided to, to stay at home. But what's been fantastic over the last little while, Uh, People from Forge Thurston have done camping trips and uh, they've gone off for the weekends together and they've invited uh, Paul and Karen to be part of that and so they've built up friendships. And now Paul uh, attends Forge Thurston. He would still be very, um, have loads of questions about faith. Uh, But now he's operating the visuals on a Sunday afternoon there and he is part of the Forge Thurston community. Now, why am I excited by that? Because every week Paul will be with other Christians. He will hear messages uh, and he is putting himself in a place where he might well encounter Jesus for himself. I love it that we have people who as yet don't believe but can still feel part of our church community. But this isn't just about what we do on a Sunday. It's about who we are as a church. We want to be, what was it? A church community. Not a church service, but a church community that unchurched people love to be part of. And because church isn't just about what happens here on stage, it's about you, it's about us, and it's about what happens inside these four walls or eight walls, whatever it is here in this building, uh, but also it's what happens midweek too. And do you know what? Almost certainly each one of us will have discovered faith because someone invited us to find out more. Because whether it was a parent, whether it was a friend, whether it's a work colleague, all of us here will have come to this point where we're here today or we're watching online because at some point someone invited us to be able to find out more. So do you realise that every time that we fail to chat to a new person that we've never met before, that every time we fail to step out in courage uh, to invite a friend to watch online or to be part of our church community, every time we fail or every time that we make Sundays and what we do as a church just about me, what we're really doing is this, is we are failing to do for someone what someone once did for us. If we opt for comfort, then that will be what we get, but it will be at the cost of growth in ourselves, but growth in the church of Jesus too. Listen, 
We need to be a church of courage, not comfort. Why? Because ultimately, comfort kills. There are many churches who have focused on themselves and on what they've liked. And what you find is those churches will always go into decline. They always do because they choose comfort over courage. Do you know, we are as a church today because to this point, I believe that we have chosen courage over comfort. And I believe that that's still God's call for you and for me, for us as a church community. Let's not get comfortable. Let's pray the prayer, Lord, let me help one more. It's why the film had such a powerful effect on me. Jesus once said these words. It was the mission for why he came. He said this. He says, for the son of man, that's Jesus, the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. That's what Jesus came to do. His entire mission on earth was to seek and to save lost people, people who were far from God. And do you know the context of that statement? Well, Jesus said it after people had moaned about him. He'd gone into a town called Jericho and there had been this little tax collector called Zacchaeus who had climbed up a tree because he wasn't going to be able to see Jesus otherwise. And as Jesus walked by, Jesus had that, um, that knowledge that someone was there that he needed to have an encounter with. And he looked up and he saw Zacchaeus sitting up there in the tree. Uh, and he said, Zacchaeus, you come down because I'm going to come to your house for tea now. He invited himself. There, see, that's an interesting route to go, isn't it? Let's invite ourselves. So Jesus invited himself to Zacchaeus and the people, the crowds around were disgusted. They were appalled because Jesus was going to this liar, to this cheat, to this little man that no one in the community liked. He was the, he was the person who had, were going against the Jews, even though he was a Jew, and serving the Romans and getting money for himself off the back of it. So the people hated it and they muttered, they muttered. That's what the Bible says, they muttered. But that didn't matter to Jesus. Why? Because what mattered to Jesus was to seek and to save the lost. In a sense, Jesus prayed his own prayer, Lord, help me get one more. And I have to ask the question off, off the back of that is, can I say the same thing. Is that true for me? Do I, do we as a church have the courage to step out, to look for, to care for, to invite those who are lost, those who are struggling, people who are looking for Jesus even though they don't really realise it at the moment? I ask the question because Jesus invites every single one of us to be part of this adventure of seeking and saving the lost. One man got it just a few months ago. I had been down to iForge to set up one Sunday and as I came back I saw this guy sitting on the pavement um, leaning up against the wall. So I drew up and went and sat on the bench right beside him and started chatting to him and introduced myself and asked him who he was and we just got chatting. Over the following weeks um, I used to pop down to i quite often, take Matthew some hot porridge or a flask of soup, go across to the fish shop yeah, my name's Matthew Arbin, 23. I was homeless. 
now homed. <laughs> yeah, I met Sam in uh, outside the county hall with the benches and um, yeah, he just come over and chatted to me like, yeah, he just kept on keeping in contact, so. <laughs> I wasn't expecting Sam to find me. I was homeless under an archway near a shop and um, people put up a GoFundMe page and um, like they raised money for me and they uh, bought me a caravan. It's good for Matthew that he's got a caravan to live in now. Um, it gives him a permanent shelter. Um, I visit him on a Thursday. Um, I take him into Norwich to a regular weekly appointment that he needs to keep. Matthew also comes along to the Forge at Eye on a Sunday now and has done ever since Christmas. I'm glad to help Matthew in any way that I can and so is my wife. She does washing for him and uh, uh, sends him food and things. And to anyone that feels a little bit hesitant about this, I would say, um, don't be. Um, I was a bit nervous about it, but I found it very rewarding and I find that a great lesson. Probably changed my life, man. Otherwise I'd still be out there. See, I love the courage of Sam, that he was in I and he saw Matthew, uh, the homeless guy who was sitting there on the bench, and he went to talk with him, he got to know him, he started providing for him, he's been able to get, as he said, the caravan sorted for him, still stays connected. And do you know what, if um, any of you um, know Sam, uh, you'll know that he's uh, relatively quiet, he's quite shy, he's not one of those people that you would ever imagine uh, to be doing that, and yet he has such courage. You know, a couple of years ago, he was suffering um, very severely from mental health issues. I am so impressed with Sam because Sam chose courage over comfort and invited Matthew to church. Matthew comes along to Forge Eye um, uh, each week now. I love it. Courage over comfort. If we were to have done the story of comfort over courage, he'd be saying, my name's Sam because he's quite broad Suffolk, isn't he? My name's Sam. I've been to church. There we go. That's his story. But it's so much more, because he chose courage over comfort. Which is why for us here at The Forge, our one big thing for 2019 is just that single word, invite. Mentioned it last week. Guess what? You'll hear it again next week too. Because did you know that in a recent poll done by an organisation called Back to Church Sundays, um, uh, they discovered this through the research that 80 to 90% of us in this room actually have no intention of inviting anyone. Do you know what? That's, that is true. That is true. You see, we all think it's a great idea. We'd all love to be able to invite someone, but actually we have no intention of doing so. Why? Well, partly because it's just terrifying to invite, isn't it? We, we fear it. Will they think I'm weird? Will they think I'm pushy? Will they say no? Will they say yes and come and hate it? I tell you, if you have ever invited anyone, you will have lived with one or more of those little statements. Because fear surrounds this thing called invitation. You know, Winston Churchill, a, a, a fearless man probably, once said this, fear is a reaction, courage is a decision. And our lives grow in depth as we face our fears. Our connection to God deepens 
as we see how he's working ahead of us, how he's working in us, how he's working through us in others. And so what I want to do this morning is I just want to ask for you and I to choose the greater than, to choose courage being greater than comfort or even greater than fear and make the choice this year of inviting because the reward can be incredible. I can tell you story and I will keep telling you story after story and nearly always the journey starts with an invite, an invitation which can lead to people finding Jesus. So what do I want you to think about um, this morning as we come to a conclusion? Well, um, if you were here last week, you will have picked up one of these. And if you weren't, there will be one nearby to where you're seated. It is just one of the little cards to remind us about our whole um, uh, goal for this year of invitation. And just with inside, in, inside the little back section, it's got the who could I invite? And there's just three sim- simple lines. Can you think of three people that over this year that you could invite to church, whether it's watching online, whether it's here in the room, whether it's Alpha when we do our next Alpha course, whether it's the hashtag four days in Debenham. But write down their names. If you've only got two, just write two down. If you've only got one, write one down. But, but all of us will know of someone that we could invite over this year. And when you do that, just pin this somewhere visible. Tell someone else, maybe someone in your 10-month group, this is the person that I want to invite. Will you hold me to account on this? And then pray for them and pray for an opportunity to invite them. And I have discovered that God answers prayer and he'll definitely answer that one. If you say, God, give me the opportunity to invite, he will do. I know he will do. And you will have the opportunity to grab that if you're able to. So let's keep praying each week for those people that we would love to see find Jesus. And let's have the courage to invite. Even if they say no, it's still a win if we have the courage to invite. So courage over comfort when it comes to inviting. And just as I finish, I want the band, if uh, they wouldn't mind um, coming up, please. Uh, The other thing, which again, if you were around this last week, um, uh, you will have picked up one of these, but if not, they'll be on a chair near to where you are. Because I also want to ask us to consider courage, not just in inviting, but courage in giving too. We have our gift day next week, next Sunday, all right? And what we would love is um, uh, for you to play a part in helping us reach the goal which here at Debenham is £38,000, which is basically giving over and above what people are already giving. And that enables the Forge to keep doing what we're doing and being all that we are. And and sadly, that just takes finance. It does. And so I want to ask that you would join with me and the leaders of this church to, to give towards our gift day. We want to keep creating environments where our friends can be invited to and connected to God with, where people can feel that they belong, where they can find community, where they can find Jesus. And you can give as part of that mission and vision. So courage uh, applies as much to our generosity levels as it does to our courage to invite. 
And I, I'm like you. We would all like comfort with our finances, wouldn't we? Comfort seems much better than courage when it comes to our finances. But often the greatest courage we can show is stepping out to finance what it is that we value. So what does courage in giving look like to you? Or maybe you've never given. Maybe you've just watched online and you've never thought about helping towards the vision of the church. And so maybe you can go online. You could give a one-off donation if you wanted to. And if any of you here have never given, then maybe this time you could start giving. And if you have given in the past, maybe you'd want to give on a regular basis. So Sarah and I talk about this and we know um, how we want to play our part in being able to reach this goal. 150 uh, people roughly here at Debenham. It would require £23 a month from each of those persons to smash the goal. That's all it takes, £23 a month from March through to December to be able to hit the goal. And that can be the power of everyone. We're going to come on to that next week. But please do pray, talk, decide what can be your part towards the gift day next week and come with your forms ready to give next week. Van, would you lead us uh, as we uh, finish our service? Can I ask that we stand together, please? Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. If you're not able to attend one of the Forger's physical locations, we'd still love you to take on this challenge to invite. So why not host a live stream watch party with some friends or share one of the talks on this podcast? Make sure you tell us all about it on social media at Forge Church. We'll see you next week. Yeah.